All right, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and today we're uh, not continuing our series uh, as we're going through the book, Unquestioned Answers by Jeff Myers. Uh, We took a break from that last week, and we're also taking a break from this this week uh, to talk about something a little more timely, not more timely, but something that is, we'll just say time sensitive as we're in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic. We've talked about that before. But I, I really felt like I, I want to talk about how to connect with your church during this time. Because one of the, the most, uh, for me, one of the most painful parts of this is not being able to connect with a church family, not being able to go to an actual physical church. And I know we, we talk about the church not being a building, but the church is a gathering of believers. And right now we're not able to gather as, as we normally would. And that, that, that's very painful, and it's awkward, and it's something really um, that we haven't faced in our lifetime. And so I, I thought we'd, we'd chat with this. So I invited uh, on the podcast uh, Pastor Joshua Dostal from uh, Mercy Hill Church in Janesville, where I've been going. Uh, Joshua, welcome to our podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. So tell us a little bit about, for those who don't know uh, Mercy Hill, uh, tell us a little bit about the church. Gotcha. Uh, Mercy Hills started about 12 or 13 years ago um, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, my wife, Angie, and I started attending there maybe four to six months after they launched and were there for a couple of years. Um, and then kind of a, a fast forward uh, out of Milwaukee, there was a, a group that was meeting in Delafield that felt like God wanted them to plant a church. Uh, and so we ended up planting a church out there that we call Lake Country. That was the second campus was about five, six years ago. Um, and then in Rock County here in Janesville, we launched the Janesville Church in 2016. Hmm. Okay, so what, what kind of church, what, how would you describe the church? How would, you know, for someone who's looking uh, at a church? Gotcha. Um, well, we're, we're non-denominational, uh, high focus on, on the Bible, but also uh, real relationships. Uh, and so one of our, our catchphrases, if you have that for marketing or whatever, uh, is being the church. Uh, and really what that is, is, is looking at uh, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, where it talks about the pastors, the elders, the, the leaders of the church. It's their job and responsibility to equip or train the saints for the work of the ministry. Uh, and so what we try to do in being the church is to equip the Christians, the saints, uh, to minister to one another, to be there for one another, to, to essentially be the church, the gathering of believers, uh, and to encourage one another to, to look at scripture, to study, to worship, to find joy, and, and to stretch in areas that we might feel uncomfortable with at times. Okay, I was hoping you would use that phrase, being the church. That's what I really, really want to talk about today. And, you know, just being there for the past couple of months, I've really been impressed with, there is a high emphasis on the Word of God, but also, as you mentioned, there's emphasis on relationship, whether it's through small groups or discipleship groups, community groups, um, things like that. Even um, there in, in, in the gathered assembly, there's an emphasis on um, greeting one another and spending time with one another, um, even to the point of sometimes, you know, during the service, hey, let's get yeah. together. We'll, we'll, we'll pray about this. We'll, we'll pray about some certain things together. And so uh, that's been great. I know my wife's been enjoying that as well. But being the church right now, is a lot more difficult than it was just a few months ago. Yes. Um, because of this pandemic, 
we're, we're not able to meet. And that's been somewhat of a controversial thing to begin with. But I want to ask you as a, as a pastor, let, let's, we're going to take this from a couple of different perspectives. But first, from a pastor, how difficult is it for you to, to shepherd your people? You, you can't see them right now. You're not able to to be with them physically. I mean, you're, you're, you're meeting through Zoom. I, I know our church, we're, we're doing, uh, I don't, there's prayer meetings through Zoom. And I think there's talk of small groups through Zoom and uh, there's Facebook Live and things like that. So we're trying the best we can, but that's a, how much of a challenge is that for you? How much of a burden is that for you? Uh, it's been difficult. And, and just even personally and emotionally, uh, it's hard. Um, I miss being able to see people. Um, to, to be able to gather. And, and it plays out in a couple of different ways. Like, for instance, it takes a lot more intentionality and planning mm-hmm. to make sure that we're connecting with everybody. Whereas before, uh, I just kind of relied on, on the gatherings that would happen as I would walk through, I'd, I'd either be praying about who I should go and talk to, or oftentimes, like I would notice somebody that I hadn't connected with a while, um, and it would bring that to mind and, you know, we'd invite them to lunch or, or try and connect with them or something. Um, and so even practically, it's been hard, let alone the, the ability to just be in the, the presence with one another, to, to pray with one another. And we've been doing that on Zoom, but it's a whole different thing yeah. if somebody's sick uh, to sit there and follow James 5, where it says, you know, go to the elders and have them lay on hands for the sick. Um, and, and now I got to put my palm right up to a camera. Yeah. Uh, not that I've been doing that, but uh, it's definitely different. Uh, on the flip side, though, um, it almost feels that some of these connections over the phone um, are more effective in a way. Hmm. Uh, and in that people feel isolated, people feel like they're not connected. And so when they get a phone call from somebody from church just to see how they're doing, um, it communicates love. It communicates connection. And there's a, a sweet, dear, uh, older lady, older saint in, in our congregation that I, I try and connect with. She's in a nursing home. So she's completely isolated from mm. her family that even attends our church. Um, and it's the coolest thing when I give her a call and she's like, hello. Uh, and I'm like, oh, this is Pastor, Pastor Joshua. <laughs> how are you today? And um, I end up ending those conversations often more encouraged, I think, uh, than anything I was able to do for her. Well, that kind of gets into the second question I wanted to ask. Well, what advice do you give to people who are in that situation? Maybe they're, uh, you're discouraged, but they are as well. They're, they're, not being a, they're not able to see each other. They're not, uh, there is this, this deep sense of isolation and seclusion. Um, so uh, what advice do you give to them? Um, to be intentional. I, I think yeah. it's really easy for us to get so focused on our own lives or how we try and weather the storm that's right. going on. Um, and we focus on, okay, when's the grocery trip going to be? And, and sometimes how am I going to get through this day that uh, we come focused on, on what we're doing and we're not necessarily thinking that everybody else that we consider to be our eternal brother and sister are going through the same things. Yeah. And so uh, the encouragement that I would have is to, to stay in touch uh, with people that are in the same small groups as you or people that you've had connections with. Uh, otherwise, if you don't have those, look to join the online gatherings or, or prayer times that we have um, in order to, to do stuff like that, um, to 
just do small things for other people. So um, check in with those who are at higher risk and, and see if you can run to the grocery store for them uh, or do something else or, or just drop by and drop off a card um, on their, their front door. So this happened to us actually on Easter. Um, and if I can be transparent, um, I was really depressed Easter morning. Um, I mean, I can't ever even remember in the history before me that an Easter was closed to the church. Um, and in that, just sitting there thinking as a pastor, I've, I've never missed Easter. And here's probably the, the pinnacle day of our year as a church my favorite holiday. I, I think it's more important than, than Christmas. Christmas is the coming of Christ, but Easter is the resurrection and the triumph over sin and death uh, and the new hope of life. And, and then to sit there that morning and be like, okay, this is going to be hard to do something virtual um, where we can't celebrate communion together in person mm -hmm. and just kind of and we looked outside and somebody had come by uh, and left a basket um, on our doorstep. Uh, and inside the basket was a handful of cards from people in the church, some, some gift cards uh, to some various restaurants. Um, and it was probably one of the times I felt most connected to the church uh, because not just because I was talking to somebody, but uh, because here's this tangible thing that they wanted to share with me. And so now I'm holding in my hand something from somebody else. Um, and while the, the gift card to Olive Garden was, was great, uh, what I cherished more was the handwritten cards. Mm. Um, and, and so even just doing that, sending them in the mail or just dropping them on somebody's doorstep, I think gives some semblance of almost a personal touch uh, that we don't necessarily have right now. So you can still be the church to some degree without meeting with the church yeah for no for sure because uh, the church is is um in fact like one of the verses in my mind in this in in hebrews chapter 10 where it says don't neglect the gathering together uh as some are in the habit of doing and and so even though we can't gather in a sense of, of physically being in the same room if you look at the context of the passage in 24 and 25 it says, let us watch out for one another to mm. provoke love and good works. Uh, encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Um, and so within the historical context of that passage, they didn't have Zoom. They didn't have Facebook Live. Right. Uh, they didn't have cars. They could just drive over and drop something off quick. Um, and so this was all within the same room gathering together. And for us in our current context, where it's, we can't meet in the same room, we can do this virtually uh, or we can drop off. And we, but the whole point is to, to love one another and to provoke love and good works and encourage right. one another. Now, um, I'm wondering if you've put any thought, I'm curious if you've put any thought into what the future is going to look like. At, at some point, this will be over to some degree. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll ever completely uh, get rid of this, vi this virus, but it could you know, be controlled like, like the flu, other things. And we will meet together at some point. Have you given any thought to what that future might look like? Will it, will it be different? Will there, there be changes you think that will have to be made? Or do you think it will just be a return to normal? Yeah. Um, I really hope it's not a return to normal. Hmm. Um, 
I, I, I just as I've been praying through this and, and looking through all of this, I, it almost seems like um, while there are some that gather on Sunday out of appreciation for, for being with the body, serving one another, there's also a percentage of the church um, that is consuming it as a commodity, yeah. um, as a, a sense where they can go and, and pick and choose what they would like and they can cross off that they, they went to church on Sunday and then kind of continue on. And I'm really hoping that this distance uh, creates this hunger for the community of yeah. believers, church in the true sense of us, of us gathering together and not just about what we like. Because right now uh, on a Sunday, if I put up a sermon um, and you take out the context of community, um, I'm in direct competition with the likes of John Piper, John MacArthur, Francis Chan, um, and who's who you're going to pick if you were just listening, like, I want a quality sermon. Right. But it's within the context of community where we encourage one another to good work. We, we lift one another up. We, we be the church and we go through life together and we mourn with those who mourn and we rejoice with those who rejoice. Um, and so it's my hope that we change coming out of this because um, we want more than what we had before. Right. Not that just we want to get back to normal, but we want more um, than what we had before. Lives that are rooted in Christ, uh, people willing and desiring to be equipped in order to, to minister. Um, and and that's, that's really my hope. Now, practically, I mean most likely this is going to get uh, the restrictions are going to get eased off. Um, and so there are going to be some changes as far as that goes, you know, maybe we can meet with 25 people and that's going to change things. Um, but I'm already planning for like a comeback Sunday mm. when, when we're able to have the full bar together. And, and I'm thinking food and music and maybe even a section of the church meant for dancing and worship and, just to really celebrate the gathered body back together. You had me at the food. I'm not sure about the dancing yet, but yeah. Um, well, I'll be David there for that. Danced before, David danced before the <laughs> Lord with all his might. Um, there's a place for it. Yes. Um, you know, my wife and I have talked about once. That's uh, what you hit on. Is really what we've talked about. I, I we have just kind of started going uh, to Mercy Hill right before this this all started. And man, we wish. Um, we were more involved. Mm. Uh, and now we, we have that, that more of a desire to do that um, now that it's been taken away completely. And so we're yeah. looking forward to the chance to actually to jump in. Um, so uh, kind of segue to our next section. We usually talk about relevant scriptures. And what are some passages you, that you're hoping that people reflect on during this time? What are, some, what are some good passages of scripture that come to your mind that think this could help you here, get, get through this little... Uh, hump in the road, so to speak. Gotcha. Well, the the passages I'm going to share are the ones that I've needed the most personally, um, and and so in that, um, the the first one is Matthew six, uh, twenty five through thirty four, and that's where he's talking about don't be anxious about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Um, God clothes uh, the lilies of the field and feeds the birds of the air. Uh, and so seek first the kingdom, and then these other things are going to be added to you. Uh, and then even that, that little passage is a, a very convicting aspect that says, by, um, 
by worrying which one of you can add a day to your life. Mm. Uh, and in fact, we have scientific proof that worry and anxiety can actually shorten our lives um, through stress and tension and all those things. So that's the first one. It's just that admonition to seek first the kingdom. Uh, but then one to follow up with that uh, is Philippians 4, uh, verses 4 through 9, where it talks about, uh, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. Uh, and then the peace of God that transcends all understandings will be yours uh, in Christ Jesus. Uh, but then right after that, I think, is the key to that whole passage, uh, where it then talks about whatever is good, whatever is right, whatever is noble, like meditate and practice these things. And then the God of peace will be with you. And so it almost flips this promise. The peace of God is with you, but then as you practice and meditate on him, he's now with you um, as, as you're going through those things. But right. uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I've got a few more, but I don't want to. No, no, keep going. Keep going. Okay. Gotcha. This is, uh -huh. this is the disadvantage of doing just audio. I yeah, can't yeah. see where you're facing, so I'm thinking. Okay, so, so, so jump right in there. Gotcha. Um, I think other key ones are, are James chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, Romans chapter 5, uh, where it tells us to rejoice uh, when we face suffering and trials of various kinds uh, because God is working in that. God is doing something to increase endurance, which increases faith, and it results in this refined trust in God um, that we didn't have before. Uh, and then right now I find James chapter four really interesting hmm. uh, because it starts off uh, um, talking about prayer and, and why prayer isn't effective. And sometimes it's because we're not asking for what we need to. Sometimes it's for wrong motives. But then later on, it talks about how God is jealous over the spirit that he's put in us. Uh, and I really think that this disruption of our lives, this shaking of, of things that we've trusted in may have revealed different areas uh, that we leaned on more than we leaned on Jesus. Uh, and so he actually talks about let your rejoicing turn to mourning uh, in order for repenting. And so if we found this great sense of security in being able to go through a drive through or into a certain store on a regular basis, um, and all of a sudden we're mourning over that, um, allow ourselves repentance, uh, and then draw close to God. And then even at mm -hmm. the end, it talks about, uh, don't say to one another, oh, next year, let's do this. Uh, but rather say, um, if the Lord leads, we'll do this next year. Mm. Um, and that passage has come more alive to me in these last three months because, Next week, I was supposed to take a trip with my family on a vacation to North Carolina. We've been planning that for a year. And so we've been telling people for a year, yeah, we're going to North Carolina, going to North Carolina. Um, and now it's, well, if the Lord leads, um, mm. we'll see when we get to go to North Carolina. So... Well, let's talk about some, uh, we usually kind of start, as we start wrapping things up, talk about some dangers to avoid. I think you hit one of them already in that idea of, of a competition, of a sense. Um, yeah. One of the dangers I think we have is, yeah, I can pit you against, you know, if I'm just listening to a live stream, you know, I could watch John Piper or Tim Keller or uh, whoever else, the, the church down the street, and I can, my, my Facebook feed every Sunday morning is filled with several different options. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, okay, who's got the best bells and whistles here and who's got the, 
uh, the better, whatever. And, and you can kind of have that competition where as opposed to, um, you know, I'm listening to my pastor who, uh, for whatever reason, God has put me under his care and his watch. And God wants me to listen to whatever this guy's got uh, from him. Uh, I, I can pick and choose. And that allows me to, to pick and choose um, what I personally want. I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about conviction or other things like that. Um, what do you think are some other dangers that people should probably be aware of during this time? Uh, I think one of the big things is is their mentality of how they're approaching this whole season. Yeah. Uh, because it's easy to get into this mindset of, oh, we just need to get through this and we can get back to normal. Um, and again, I don't think the goal is necessary to get back to normal. I think the goal is to get back to or to, to move forward rather um, to where God has us to be. Um, because God's not surprised by this. Uh, I mean, he didn't, He's allowed it to happen, and it's part of living in a fallen world uh, as this is all happening. But God's not surprised that churches aren't meeting right now. And, and this is something I personally had to work through in the sense of, like, right now, with everything going on and the different new faces that we're seeing online, I can't help but imagine that if our doors were open, uh, that our church wouldn't have grown by 50%. Uh, at least temporarily, by people who are stressed out and, and looking for some sense of hope and, and things like that. And so as I was wrestling through that and saying, God, like, why, why is this happening? I was reminded, like, he's not surprised right. at the fact that the church's doors are closed right now, which then led me to the question of, well, well why is that then the case? Um, and the only thing I've been able to come up through in, in prayer and, and kind of examining it um, is that God has this to shake the church as well. Mm. Um, it's causing us to realize how much we actually value gathering together. Yeah. It's causing us to reevaluate the priorities that we had in our life or, or just how solid our faith actually was because things that we supplemented our faith with, with you know, steady and consistent finances, well, if that's stripped away, Where's our faith in God then? Has that been shaken because of this? Yeah. And so if we only have the mindset of, well, we just need to try and get through this to to weather this storm so that we can get back to normal, I think we miss out on a work that God's trying to do to get us to examine and and return uh, with a stronger faith, a stronger trust, uh, a greater boldness and and a readiness to really be the church uh, instead of just trying to get through this. Mm. Amen. And so that's kind of, you know, uh, where I think he's trying to, to call churches to and, and individual believers. Uh, but beyond that, I think there's a danger of idolatry of entertainment. Uh, yeah. Just trying to, to pass time. Um, I, there's all kinds of means. Well, are you trying to convict me of my binge watching? Well, it depends what you're binge watching. Has, has Jill been talking to you about the West Wing? Is this, you know... No, no, I haven't heard anything <laughs> about the West. I heard something about keeping up with the Kardashians in you, though. Okay, we're going to have to end this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but, I, I mean, I find myself in that, too. Like, okay, I can't – I feel like I have more time, and so what am I going to do with that? And, and I think it's a choice that we face. Are we going to be yeah. intentional uh, to draw closer to God, or are we going to be passive and just fill it up with empty filler? Right. Um, Beyond that, like I've seen memes of people saying, well, I went for my 
uh, monthly trip to the alcohol store for the third time this week. Um, and, and so I think that there's other things that we use to cope, um, yeah. whether it be drugs or alcohol, pornography, um, things like that, that are a greater temptation now right. because we find ourselves more stressed and, and possibly tempted to turn to those things. Uh, and then even just with family, like, like through this social isolation, we're spending more time with family right now. Uh, which might be easier to get on each other's nerves. And, right. and I think there's a danger of not having grace and um, forgiveness and patience with one another, but instead becoming more selfish because we're not used to this much time with each other. Yeah. All right. So as we're wrapping things up here, uh, we usually ask the question about recommended resources. Are there any books or links or Articles you'd recommend during this time. I'm working my way through uh, Coronavirus in Christ by John Piper, which is a free download, and we'll have a link to that from the fine folks at Crossway. Uh, so, Joshua, is there anything that you would recommend? Uh, the first one uh, would just be fellowship with other believers. Hmm. Uh, again, looking at that passage I quoted earlier, you know, that we're supposed to provoke one another and encourage one another. Uh, and so, in that, it provides built in accountability and encouragement. Um, and, and stretching just by calling somebody up saying, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? Um, and I, I think that will help us go deeper as a church in connecting with one another. Um, beyond that, um, I really like some of the articles on the Gospel Coalition website. Um, and they've got some timely stuff that they've been putting out. Um, if you're looking at getting closer to, to God, I really like Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Um, because it's not just a book about God's crazy love for us, but, but rather how that calls a response uh, from us to him. Um, and then another one, if, um, if you're looking at spiritual disciplines in this time, The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Um, I really like that one. And then if you're looking for something for kids, or if you just like allegories, you know, similar to C.S. Lewis and Narnia, um, my wife introduced me to this um, author, Hannah Bernard, um, and she wrote a book called Heinz Feet on High Places. Um, and a classic. Yeah, my daughter loved it when we read it. And I, that was the, when we read it out loud, it was the first time that I'd gone through it myself, and it was phenomenal. Um, and so I highly recommend that. Now. All right, so we'll have all the links to those and more uh, on our website. So don't forget to check that out at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. And so, Pastor Joshua, thank you for, for spending the time with us and uh, chatting with us today. Absolutely. It was a privilege and an honor. And uh, you can learn more about uh, Joshua and, and church there at mercyhill.org, and I'll have a link to that as well. And Joshua, I hope you'll come back on the podcast sometime. We'll talk about your testimony, and yeah. uh, you've, it's got a great, uh, great story of how the Lord drew you to himself, and uh, we'll have to do that sometime. Uh, yeah, but as for now... Uh, we're going to sign off next week. We are going to jump. Actually, no, I'm sorry. We're not going to get back into our series on uh, unquestioned answers because we are. We have a special guest next week, uh, Ray Comfort. Many of you know Ray Comfort, Living Waters Ministry. He's going to be talking about his latest book, and so I'm excited about that, The Banana Man himself. And so I hope you join us with that. So again, until then, don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Basic Bible Cast. So until next week, have a great rest of your week. 